Hi, this is Pastor Craig. Thank you for tuning in for the latest episode of my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. You can contact us at studyhiswordministries at yahoo.com. Thanks again. Good morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to come together and to study your word. Father, I just ask that you would help us uh, be focused on you, that we would get the distractions out of our minds and our hearts this morning so we could be focused on your word, that we could see what it is that you want us to see and learn from it, uh, what you would like us to learn. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son. I just ask that you would uh, bless this time that we have together. And all these things I ask in your son's name. Amen. All right, this morning we are back in Ephesians chapter 6. And um, starting in verse 5, we have been looking at Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus where he has been, given, been giving them instructions as far as um, authority and submission in relationships. Uh, we've looked at husbands and wives. We've looked at children. And this morning we're going to see what he has to say about bond servants and masters or as would be applicable today employees and employers. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 5, bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Okay, so he starts out in verse 6, or verse 5, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. Obviously, this was written at a time when a large portion of the population uh, were slaves, and that was the really essentially the major form of employee-employer relationships is they were slaves. The difference there is, though, that most slaves were slaves that didn't have options. There were some that did, but most slaves didn't have options to just leave and find somebody else to be their master, so you, were, you didn't have those kinds of options. Most of the time, you were in a situation where that's where you are going to be. Today, we have a lot more options. Uh, you know, we can go and work for different employers if we're not happy in the job that we have. But the point here is that these instructions that he gives to, to the servants and to the masters is applicable to us today as an employee and as employers working in our jobs. So his first instruction there is to be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. That according to the flesh is... Human masters, um, you know, it's, he's making that point that you have masters over you that are human beings, the flesh, and you are to be obedient to them. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, similar instructions he gives to the church at Colossae. He says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart fearing God. So again, it's, it's just emphasizing that point that we are, to be, we are to obey our earthly masters. We are to obey our employers. And it says there, in all things. 
Now, we'll talk about that here a little bit more in a minute, about that in all things. But the point is, you're in service for them, to them, and so you are to be obedient to them. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. Let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. This kind of gets to the issue of why we are obedient to our employers or our masters is because it's a reflection of God. If we're a Christian and we're being obedient, that is a a reflection of our relationship with God. By the same token, if we're not an obedient employer, that does harm to our witness to God. So that's what Paul's saying here in 1 Timothy. The employee, I'm sorry. If we're not a good employee, if we're a bad employee, a disobedient employee, that gives harm to God's name. As he says here, the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. So we're a reflection of God when we're working in our job. Back here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, he says, Be obedient to those who are masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Just a point on that, that fear and trembling doesn't mean that we, that we fear our employer, that we coward our employer. It's, it, it's about respect. Um, that's what that fear and trembling means is with respect. So that we're working with respect and doing it out of sincerity of heart. Yeah, the, the, the fear of God is a respect for him because we understand who he is and what he has done and what he can do. There's a certain element of fear from the standpoint that God, has, God controls our eternal destination. And so from that standpoint, there is fear in what the consequences of a life can be that is disobedient to God. But it's more about the respect than it is just outright fear. So would that, would that fear but respect apply to like most authority Yes. That's kind of one of the underlying themes in everything that we've talked about, whether you're a spouse or a parent or a child or... Um, a citizen living under a government, whether you're an employee or employer, that respect is, is always supposed to be there, and it's a respect for the fact that that person has authority over you for one reason or another. And that's what that respect is at all levels, is that this person has authority over me, and therefore I need to respect that authority because it is authority given to them by God. And there again, that covers all aspects, whether it's government officials, parents, employers, spouses. It's authority given by God. Therefore, we, we need to have respect for that. Okay? A couple things. First of all, how we handle our job and conduct ourselves is part of our witness. I was kind of talking about that. Second, the thing that we need to remember is that in most employment situations, Christians are going to be working for employers that are not Christian. Granted, many people are fortunate as believers that they work for 
employers that are believers. But the vast majority of people in the workforce today are going to work for managers, bosses, employers that are not Christian. So we still, as employees, need to conduct ourselves as a Christian, even though the person we're working for may not be, and they may not have the same principles and morals that we do. But they still have that authority, and so we still respect them, and we still obey them. I want to look at a couple, um, I want to look at a verse here. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18, 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, again, respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. This kind of gets to that point of, you may not be working for a Christian. You may not be working for one who uh, operates with good morals or good principles. You may not be working for one who treats you kindly and gently. You may be working for somebody who's iron-fisted, dictatorial, harsh, threatening, whatever. But Peter tells us here that you, you are submissive to that person regardless of how they are because they have authority over you. Now, the, the questions that are coming up are, what about if your employer wants you to do something that's disobedient to God? You use this specific example of like during World War II, under Hitler, those people that were under Hitler that were, you know, murdering Jews and things like that. This, this is a very legitimate question. The only time that we're allowed to disobey our employer is if, if, if obedience to that employer would be a clear disobedience to God's word. It is absolutely necessary that we are obedient to God first. If your job requires you to be disobedient to God, then you have to make a decision what you're going to do. I'll give you a couple of examples. First example was in the book of Acts, when Peter and the others were, they were put in jail for preaching the gospel. And they got out of jail and they were told to not do that ever again. And Peter's response was, we're not going to disobey God. You know, we will obey men, but we're not going to disobey God. So therefore, we're not going to do what you're telling us to do. Right, let me give you a practical example. I had a job where my employer was requiring me to lie on documentation at a government office. Specifically, I was supposed to not put the truth down when it came to certain weights of materials that we were hauling. I got fired over that because I would not lie on those documents, okay? To me, that is a clear right thing to do is if you're being required to lie, cheat, steal, be dishonest, whatever, then you have to decide, are you going to compromise what God wants me to do or not? So the answer to your question is, when we're in those situations where we're being required to do something that is obviously disobedient to God, then the question becomes, is my faith strong enough faith that I will do the right thing regardless of the consequences. And unfortunately, in our culture, 
many people who call themselves Christians are willing to compromise on the job because, hey, that's my job and I can't afford to lose my job. The question then becomes, do you have a strong enough faith to stand for your principles, lose your job, and have the faith that you'll find another job through God's leading? I mean, that, and that, and that, I mean that's the real nuts and bolts of it. Because there are going to be times, there are going to be situations where if you're faced with that choice of being disobedient to God or being disobedient to your employer, are you willing to suffer the consequences? How strong is your faith? And that's what it boils down to. And I think we have a good example in the Bible, specifically Peter and the others, that they were not willing to compromise on God's principles, and they were willing to suffer whatever the consequences were. That's kind of where it is. That's where we're at. All right. And again, this all goes back to most of our employers are not going to be believers. So there may be times when we'll find ourselves in situations where obedience to our employer requires us to be disobedient to God. Many times that can be worked out in your job situation without actually losing your job. Sometimes it can't. All right. Ephesians, back in 6. Let's see. Verse 6, well, end of 5 and then 6. Again, do this in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Because ultimately, ultimately, the job that you're doing, you're being obedient, you're not, you're being obedient to that person in authority over you because they have the authority and so you do it out of respect. But ultimately, you're, you're being obedient to them because you're being obedient to Christ. That's why it says here, as to Christ. In other words, I... I am following Christ, and therefore, because I am following Christ, I am being obedient to somebody who has authority over me. And he goes, as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. And that's kind of what I was just was talking about there, is that you're doing it as a bondservant of Christ. And he says, not with eye service as men pleasers. Eye service. That is doing the right thing when somebody's watching. Okay? That's what eye service is. Oh, somebody's watching me. I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to be a man pleaser. I'm going to please these people. And I'm going to be the hero. And I'm going to do a great job. And they're going to love me. And I'm going to get all these accolades. That's not why we're obedient. Whether somebody's watching us or not watching us. We're being obedient because that's what Christ wants us to be. Whether somebody's watching us or not watching us, we're not being obedient to win the accolades of men, not to please men, but we're doing it to please Christ. That's who we're trying to please. Because ultimately, if we do the right thing to please people, then we're seeking their accolades and we're seeking their you know, congratulations, and we're seeking their rewards, and we're not really looking to please God. And, and ultimately, that is our master, is God, and that's the one that we want to please. So it becomes a question of, are we trying to get the honor for ourselves, or are we trying to honor God by our actions? Because when we act as a man-pleaser, then all we're doing is trying to get the honor for ourselves. But our ultimate goal is to honor God and act in such a way. Okay. Let's see. He says, doing the will, let's see, verse 6, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart 
with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And again, that's just, we're doing this. Who are we doing it for? Yeah, I mean, we do our job so we can get a paycheck, so we can buy food and live and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, we do it for the Lord, not for our employer. And that's what he's saying there in verse 7. Goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. We're doing it to please the Lord, not to please men. Verse 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Turn to Colossians again, chapter, 23, or chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. Similar instruction as there in Ephesians. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. All right. So what Paul's saying there, he says, do it for the Lord, not for men, knowing that you're going to be rewarded. And what is your reward? Your reward is the inheritance that you're receiving from Christ, the inheritance of eternity in heaven, the inheritance of being partakers with Christ in his glory with God. And so we don't do it to get the reward. We do it because we know that we're going to receive the reward. In other words, it's not a, well, if I'm a good employee, then I'll get rewarded in heaven. No, it's I'm a good employee because I know I'm receiving my inheritance in heaven. And therefore, this is the will of God and this is the desire of God, and therefore, because I know that I'm getting that inheritance in heaven, I am going to follow the will of God. I'm going to be a good employee. I'm going to submit to authority. Turn to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds. Okay, Paul is quoting there from um, Psalms, Psalm 62, 12, actually, as far as the, will, that uh, God will render to each one according to his deeds. And it just emphasizes this whole point about, and it gets back to the fear and reverence of God, understanding that God is the ultimate judge, and he judges people. And, and you will receive based on your deeds. You know, there's interesting, if we were to look at some of the parables of Christ, we would see that there are different levels of punishment in hell, and there are different levels of rewards in heaven. It's very clear from the parables that that's what is being taught. And so this all kind of ties together in what Paul's saying about, you know, the reward that you will receive for being an obedient, submissive individual. There are rewards based on your deeds. Again, we don't do it for the rewards, but the rewards will be based on what we do. Back in Ephesians chapter, or chapter 6, verse 9. Oh, and the other, just one other little thing there on verse 8, and he says on there, he will receive... Same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Again, it doesn't matter your position in life, whether you're slave or free, you, you have that same requirement of obedience and submission. It's not qualified based on your status or anything else. 
it applies to everybody. Verse 9, and you masters do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So basically he's saying employers, masters, employers, do the same thing. Because even though you are a master over somebody, you have a master in heaven. You have somebody you will be answering to some, someday. It says, knowing that your own master also is in heaven. So even though you're in a position of authority, you still yourself are under the authority of God in heaven. Um, obviously, this here, this scripture here, reapplies applies to a, a believing employer, a believing master. Um, it applies to every master, obviously, because every person will answer to God. But here he is specifically referring to those who are believers. You know, he's saying, and you masters, um, because his letters, Ephesians, are written to believers. These are not, Paul didn't write letters to every person. This was, you know, that apply, you know, to every person out there. He wrote to the believers in the church. And so when he's saying, and you masters, he's referring to Christians, you know, believing employers, believing masters, that you do the same things because you also are under authority from God. Um, and he says, he says here, uh, giving up threatening. Um, Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So again, it's, it's kind of a similar instruction there. He's telling them in Ephesians, um, you know, not be threatening. And in, in Colossians, he's telling them to be just and fair. So, you know, he's, you know, exercise Christian attitudes as an employer. You're in a position of authority. Don't abuse your authority. Do what's right. Do what's just, do what's fair, because you also have a master in heaven. So, you know, the threatening, when he talks about there in Ephesians, you know, I think we've all probably had employers or worked with people um, that were threatening, that were demanding, that were, you know, in our minds, unreasonable. And the opposite of that is the gentleness, the kindness, the justness, the fairness. So for any Christians that are in a situation where they're dealing with employees, those are the kinds of conduct that are expected of employers. Then he ends it there. He says, um, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Everybody's equal from the standpoint of whether you're employee, employer. We've talked about it, you know, male, female, Jew, Gentile. There's no partiality. In Christ, everybody is on the same level. Status doesn't mean anything. Job doesn't mean anything. Gender doesn't mean anything. Everybody is on the same level in Christ, and there is no partiality. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Again, it goes back to you get judged on your deeds, and there's no partiality. You don't, get, you don't get a free pass because, well, you are an employer of 25 rotten employees. Or you don't get a pass because you are an employee that worked for the most horrendous boss. Okay? There's no partiality. You will be judged on your deeds. 
doesn't matter what your job was or what your status was or what any, you know, gender, anything, no partiality. Romans 2.11 is another good verse on that. Romans chapter 2, verse 11. Right before that, he's talking about Jews and Greeks, talking about um, how Jews were first and then the Greeks. But it says in verse 11, for there is no partiality with God. And again, it just is emphasizing the point that it doesn't matter race, gender, occupation, status, age. It doesn't matter. In Christ, there is no partiality. With God, there is no partiality. Okay? Nobody starts off higher or lower than anybody else. Everybody's the same from that standpoint. So that wraps up Paul's instructions on authority and submission. And I think the most important thing to remember here is that regardless of the situation, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's parents and children, whether it's employers and employees, whether it's citizens and government officials, doesn't matter what the situation, the common theme throughout is that we conduct ourselves as obedient individuals to those who have authority over us, and we do it for Christ. We don't do it to please the person who has the authority over us, whether it's a child and a parent, whether it's a husband and a wife, whether, whatever. We don't do it just to please them. We do it to honor God. Because everything that we do in every one of those kinds of relationships where there's authority and submission is our conduct is a witness to God. It's a witness to Christ. And how we conduct ourselves reflects on our relationship. So the model for all of our relationships that involve authority is that we conduct ourselves in a Christ-like manner, whether it's work, family, home, or whatever. And I believe that that's really the underlying theme of all of that. Scott, would you close us in prayer, please? Thanks again for listening. Please make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you will not miss a single episode of our podcast. Have a great day.